Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? When the wolf is at your door, you run in zone with that. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Quick shout out to you, Patreon and Convict members or subscribers. I hope you enjoyed uh, your release of your new bonus episode, Dog, last week, which we've gotten on last Friday, and the content from the case file that I'm going to be continuing again today, which is Mo. So all that stuff has been put up for y'all. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you for your continued support. I love all you lifers. I appreciate you. But let's continue with Mo. You know, when I left you last, we had already interviewed several people, the main one being Drell Marshall, um, who denied any knowledge uh, uh, of having been where the shooting took place. He wasn't even in the area. He was at his uncle's house and all this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? The denial is not a river in Egypt, um, but that's what he was sticking with. But then... You heard the interviews of the two people that were brought in who were actually with Jarrell when Mo, Majority Chefney, or New Orleans was with them and the shooting had gone down. They heard the shots, saw him come back, and they had even been threatened by Mo that he was going to kill them if, if, they, if they told, et cetera. But 
blew Jarrell's whole theory out of the water of, I don't know who Mo is, never seen him, never heard of him, and I wasn't there, blah, blah, blah. I got another one I need to read you because one of the people that was on the scene is Ricardo Miller, and I haven't read the statement yet. And I'm hoping y'all are enjoying this. I mean, this is as real as it gets. This is a real homicide investigation. This is not any made-up bullshit on Discovery ID, right? So what we're doing is we're gathering all the information that we can to disprove Jarrell Marshall's story and to build up evidence against Mo or Majority Chefney. And remember, we already had the warrants, and Jarrell was under arrest. He denied everything, but Mo had gone back across the lake or to the city to New Orleans and was hiding out. Now, Mo was no stranger, y'all, to NOPD. He had been shot, I don't even know how many times. He had been involved in several robberies and shit like that, attempted murders and uh, and he's a young dude, right? And so, but they knew him. I mean, he's he's violent, um, and they were actively going to pursue him. They wanted they wanted him off the streets. And if NOPD says that, New Orleans Police Department wants you off the street, you got to be a bad motherfucker, all right? But so, meanwhile, we're waiting on them to dig him up. Now, I mean, we're not going down to the Ninth Ward or wherever in New Orleans and and hunt down Mo. We'll let them do their job. Uh, and get him under arrest. But meanwhile, what do we do? We have to continue to interview people and gather evidence. This is a first-degree murder case, y'all, a death penalty case. So we bring in Ricardo Miller. Now, you heard me talk about Ricardo or RJ, what they call him earlier, or you heard them talk about it in the statements. So I'm going to read you his statement. And, uh, again, I'm going to – when Brian Smith talks, I'm going to say Brian. When Ricardo talks, I'm going to say Ricardo. And then when I talk, I'll say my name in the sentences. And there will be some inaudibles in there. And that's where the secretary couldn't understand the tape. All right, so it starts and says, Brian. All right, I'm Detective Brian Smith, along with Detective Woody Overton. We're at the Livingston Parish Courthouse in the Detective Division. We're speaking with Ricardo Miller. Um, also known as RJ, right? Ricardo. Yes, sir. Brian. All right. Black male, date of birth, 321-66. Now, RJ, what we want to speak to you about is the homicide which took place on Ed Brown Road, whatever you know about it. Um, the time right now is 1546. The date is May the 16th, 2005. RJ, um, we advise you of your rights on this form. Did you understand your rights? Ricardo, yes, sir. Brian, is this is your signature right here? Ricardo, yes, sir. Brian, and consent to questioning, um, is this your signature? Ricardo, yes, sir. Brian, and you waive your rights to have an attorney present at this time, right? Ricardo, yes, sir. Brian. Okay, basically, tell me everything you know about what took place on Ed Brown Road, which would have been Friday morning around 3.30 in the morning. Ricardo, well, we was coming down Ed Brown Road from Ponchatoula, like inaudible. It's me, Jarrell, and a guy they call New Orleans. He was, we was coming from Ponchatoula, coming by, by the backward from Ed Brown. Brian, all right, 
who was driving, Ricardo, Jarrell was driving, Brian. Where were you sitting at, Ricardo? I was sitting on the passenger side, Brian. And and Mo was in the back, Ricardo. Yeah, he was. Brian. Okay. Ricardo. So we was just riding and we got to uh to Jarrell's house and Jarrell was like, I'll see y'all whenever, tomorrow, whatever. And so Neuron said, No, don't leave yet. Stay and chill with us. So we went back across the street where Jarrell's brother was at Cordell and his cousin, Josh Dansler, was there. We went over there and talked to them for a little while and Mo said something about to get somebody because just saying the niggers that put the gun on him at E-Tops. Brian, who was he referring to? Ricardo. To a guy named Chris. I don't know his last name exactly. Brian, did y'all see anything while y'all was riding? Ricardo. We saw him like we coming through Ed Brown Road the first time. We seen him stoop down, and he was just standing on the side of the road in his yard, and it was uh, Brian. Was he by himself? Ricardo. No, he wasn't. There was another guy with him. Brian. Do you know who that guy was? Ricardo. It was Wayne. They call him. Some people call him Wayne. Some people call him Deshaun. Brian. Okay. Ricardo. Or Shun. Brian. All right. Then what took place when y'all got stopped and y'all was talking to uh, Joshua and Kadera? Ricardo. Well, we that's what... We'd like talk to them for a second, and then we left in Audible. He said, let's go make a couple of blocks around Albany. So we was just riding around. We turned down Ed Brown Road and made the left by Ed Brown. We got like right in, like right where they were standing. At He just like jumped out of the car and like, Brian, like who jumped out? Ricardo. Uh, New Orleans jumped out of the car, and then we got to the four-way, and Jarrell parked at the four-way and got out the car to see what was going on. And so after that, I'm looking back trying to see where they went to, and I heard a gunshot. And so then Jarrell got back in the car and he said, man, he shot. I seen him shoot Michael. I seen him fall. He shot him in the head. I could see it. And so Mo came back to the car running. He was out of breath. Well, they was just like, man, or something, and they was laughing with him. Man, I shot that nigga. He was laughing. And then he, Jarrell said, no matter what happens, I was not with y'all. I was not with y'all. And and then Mo. Then Mo said, if y'all tell anybody, I'll kill both of you motherfuckers. If y'all tell anybody, Brian. All right, can you, did you see the gun that Mo had? Ricardo, yes. Brian, can you describe it? Ricardo, it was a Tech 9. It was like, it was like an older model, like 19. Brian, how many gunshots did you hear? Ricardo, it was like, it was one, and then it was like a bunch of them. 
it was like one, then like a lot. It was coming fast too, Brian. And when Mo jumped back in the car, did did he say anything about the Ricardo? About the gun or anything? Brian, yeah. Ricardo. He say he like like, man, the gun was jamming. Man, it was jamming. When I was trying to shot that's that's why I paused after the first shot. And so after that, we just went back around on the dirt road back there, came back around by Josh Dantzler and uh, Cordell over there. And they was like, Jarrell got out, and he walked over there and told them what had happened. Woody, what'd he say? Ricardo, he's just, man, that dude just shot Wayne. He's dead. He shot Wayne in the head. Just telling them he shot him and everything the way it happened. He, Woody, inaudible. Ricardo, and he just jumped out the truck. He pulled out again from his inaudible, and he put it right in his face, like, and then just like he just shot him in the head. It was like I seen him fall, too. I seen him, and it was like, yeah, I don't know what to do about it. He just walked on to his uncle's house across the street down a little dirt road. Brian, was he upset about anything? Ricardo, I believe he was just paranoid about it, didn't know what about it. Brian, did did they say if they got any money off them boys? Ricardo, he did say they got some money. He didn't tell me about it. Brian, okay. Ricardo, he did say anything about getting no money. Brian, all right. Ricardo, because um, then after we went, he just say, let's go to your house. Your mom's ain't going to trip if you bring a bunch of people over. Brian, talking about your house? Ricardo, yeah, my house. Brian, okay. Ricardo. And so we went to my house, and we got there and set up for a little while watching TV. Brian, and that's when you agreed to go to your house. Were you scared? Ricardo, yes. Brian, why was you scared? Ricardo, because Mo said he was going to kill me. Brian, and you really, do you think he was telling the truth? Ricardo, yeah, he did once. He'd probably do it again. That's what I believe. Brian, exactly. All right. When y'all went to your house, what happened? Ricardo, he uh, he got to uh, sit up a little and went in the room and talked to each other. And Cordell went to sleep, and uh, Josh was just sitting there listening, looking at me, shaking his head. And Mo was like, put his gun under his pillow and went to sleep. And so after that, I like dozed off for like an hour or so. Then Joshua came up there like six. He woke me up like six thirty. He said he had to take his cousin to school and the school. And that's when the last I seen of them, Brian. All right. All right. Did you leave? Did you ride with him? Ricardo? No, I didn't. Brian, to take her to school, Mo rode, rode with him. Ricardo, yeah. Brian, okay. Woody, any time later that day, did you have any contact with Mo? Ricardo, they said he was trying to get in contact with me because he thought I had ratted on him. He says, man, we was trying to get, trying to call you. Woody, 
who told you that? Ricardo, Josh. He was like, man, Mo is trying to call you. He thinks, he say you one that ratted on him. I was like, Brian, did he make any threats? That at the time? Ricardo, no, not to me. I ain't, I ain't. Brian, you didn't talk to him? Ricardo, I had tried to call him um, on Terrell's cell phone, I believe, and then I just tried to call him, and he didn't pick up. A voicemail just picked up. Woody, say, I, you talked to Terrell after it happened. Did y'all say anything else about it? Ricardo, no, I ain't talked to them again. I talked to Josh again, and I talked to Travis. Woody. So you were in the vehicle. You didn't know they were going, and you thought you were going riding. Ricardo, yeah. Woody. Yeah, whenever they were talking, he got out, was talking to Cordell and Josh. You really couldn't hear what he was saying, but on way right before y'all come here, he had seen Chris. Ricardo, he had seen Chris. He says, shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directive for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. 
Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. That's the nigga that pulled the, the gun on me. Y'all, then we concluded the statement. I asked him, did he have anything else he wanted to add or take away from the statement? And he said no, so we concluded it. There you have it. Um, the last night, nail in a coffin for both Mo and Jarrell, you would think, right? So, But listen to how stupid this gets. Prisons are full of dummies. It's hard to catch a smart one. All right, y'all, the next one we interviewed was uh, – this is State versus Majority Chefney and Jarrell Marshall. Statement from Cordero Marshall. Detective Brian Smith and Detective Woody Overton. Tape number 5764. All right, it says Brian. All right, I'm Detective Brian Smith along with Detective Woody Overton. The time is 1453. The date is May the 16th, 2005. We're here with Cordero Marshall, black male, um, 1111 of 86. We're at the Livingston Parish Prison. Um, Cordero, we advise you your rights on this form, which you sign. Did you understand your rights? Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, is that your signature? Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, and also the consent to question. Is that your signature? Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, okay, uh, well, we want to talk to you about is what about the homicide that took place on Ed Brown early Friday morning, about 3, 3.30 Friday morning. That would have been May the 13th. Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, all right, can you tell me what you know about it? Cordero, um, one night uh, we was leave. We set up at uh, Tony Dantzler's in Albany. We met by her house, me and Nikki. Travis, Tanya, and um, Travis, and we dropped them off. Brian, what's Travis's last name? Cordero, Dantzler. We got, we dropped Travis Dantzler by they dropped, we dropped him off by their house. Woody, Nikki and Travis? Cordero, Nikki, both of them, Nikki and Travis. Brian, where's that house at? Cordero. In uh, Albany on the Durban Road, Brian, an apartment? Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, okay. Cordero. And um, we went to Hammond, and we was riding in, around in Hammond. We came back to Albany and uh, went by my Uncle Glenn's house. Brian, oh, we, 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 let's, let's, 
interrupt you one second. You're saying, who is we? Cordero, we, uh, Woody. What vehicle were you riding with and who? Cordero. We was in the Suzuki, the green Suzuki. Me, uh, Josh, and Josh, and uh, Jarrell, and RJ. I mean, me, Josh, me, and Josh, and RJ, and what you call it up in the uh, Explorer. Woody, RJ, and who? Cordero, um, Mo, and uh, what you call it, Jarrell, Woody, Jarrell, who? Cordero, Marshall. So we dropped them off. He was knocking on the door. I guess he he go inside, so they went to Chris. I mean, uh, Mo said he was going to go down the road. He just saw Chris. Chris and uh, Wayne sitting outside. He's going get Chris. And I was telling him not to do it. And uh, that, they wasn't cool with them people, and he was. So they went down the road, and the next thing, Brian, all right, who who is they, who went, who actually went down the road after that? Cordero, him and Jarrell. So when um next thing we know, we hear a gunshot. Me, Josh, me and Josh heard the gunshot, and um Mo came, Mo and Jarrell came running to the car. Jarrell was like, you didn't have to shoot him. Oh, Wayne was like, Woody, let me stop you real quick. Back up. Um, before that happened, did you see Mo come running anywhere by himself? Cordero, yes. He had run down North Cafe Line Road, and a car came, and he went. He, like, ran and ducked off, and he came back out, and he was like, um, him and Jarrell ran. They ran back to the car, and Jarrell was like, man, you didn't have to kill that. You didn't have to kill that boy. And Mo was like, tech jam, or I would have killed uh, Chris, the tech of jam. If y'all say anything, I'm going to kill all y'all niggas. I'm going to kill all y'all niggas. And uh, so we drove off. Brian, where was y'all at when he made that statement? Cordero was on North Cafe Line Road. Brian, where at, though? Cordero, oh, on uh, down between North Cafe and Ed Brown. Yeah, uh, Ed Brown. Brian, let me let me ask you back to the point where you said they came up to the car, and what did Jarrell look like to you? Cordero, he was upset and crying, and Woody. And you said earlier, when he came up, Jarrell said, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, when we were talking before the tape statement, you said Jarrell said he shot Wayne. Is that it? Cordero, yes, sir. Woody, sh- shot Wayne, and I saw him fall, and then he said, and he said inaudible. Cordero, yes, sir. Woody, can you tell us about that again? Cordero, he said... He said to shoot him. Already saw Wayne falling down and audible. And Mo cut him off like y'all say anything and I'ma kill y'all. Same way I'ma kill y'all and we went to um we dropped Jarrell off and went to Springfield and stayed and he had the gun underneath his pillow. 
Brian, where'd y'all stay at in Springfield? Cordera, by uh, RJ's. Brian, RJ's house. Cordera, yes, sir. Woody, who had the gun under the pillow? Cordero, Mo, Woody, can you describe the gun to me that Mo had? Cordero, he had a he had a Glock forty and a Tech. Woody, Tech, do you know if that's a or what caliber that Tech is? Cordero, no sir, I don't know all that. Brian, well, what did it look like? Cordero, it's a black about that long. Black gun about that long. Got a little um, clip right there, and the handle's like right here, and the clip's like right here in front of it about that long. Brian, okay? Cordero. Then they got little holes up on it by the um, Woody. Then the Glock or the other gun had what it is. Cordero, the Glock, like um, a 9, a chrome 9. It would look like Brian. It was silver and black, or just silver or what? Cordero. It's silver, and I think it had a black handle. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know silver. I believe it had a black handle, though. Brian. Okay. And y'all went to RJ's. And y'all stayed the night there, or the rest of the morning. Basically, when y'all got up, what and where'd y'all go? Cordero. We dropped them off um, in Audible. Mo, we dropped Mo on Dillard Lane. Brian, did he have the guns with him when y'all dropped him off? Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, you seen him? Cordero, yes, sir. He had one of those in his lap and one of them in like, like his back pocket like this. Um, Brian, who dropped him off? Cordero, um, me and RJ and Josh, Brian, okay, Woody. All right, um, later on that day or after y'all dropped him off, did you receive any phone calls? Cordero, yeah, he called my phone several times. Woody, who called your phone? Cordero, Mo, Woody. And what did he say on the phone? Cordero. He said he was going to kill, and this ain't all. He kept on calling me and laughing on the phone, calling my phone and audible, know where I'm at and all that. Brian, what number was he calling from? Cordero. He had called from different numbers. I know he called from um, what number? Uh, Woody. Do you know Jarrell's cell phone number? Cordero. It's uh, six uh, two one five six one one. Woody, he was calling from Drell's phone? Cordero, yes, sir. Woody, all right. Cordero, and he called from another. A couple more numbers. Woody, all right, now, were you scared of him? Cordero, yes, sir. Woody, you afraid he was going to kill you? Cordero, yes, sir. Woody, during that day when he called you and asked y'all, did he speak to your brother Jarrell? Cordero, did what, sir? Woody, did he speak to Jarrell on Friday, you know? Cordero, this then, after that? Woody, yeah, yeah, after that, after he was calling you or whatever. 
Cordero. Yeah, he called. He had called me upset crying. Woody. Jarrell Cordero. Yes, sir. Woody. Ups, upset crying. What did you say to him? Cordero. He was like, it ain't supposed to go down like this there. He was crying, and he just, a little too emotions. He couldn't really, he really wasn't talking. He was just crying. Woody. Just he say, um, he say what he was thinking. He, he say anything like that, Cordero. Um, yeah, he kept on saying that. He all he saw was Wayne shot in the head, falling down, and he's mostly crying and stuff. He said, "I really, I really couldn't understand because he was crying." Woody, all right. Did y'all get to go get back up with Jarrell later on in the day, Cordero? No, sir, not that day. Woody, all right, and you think um, Jarrell scared of Mo? Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, whenever, before Jarrell turned himself in, you had said earlier that he called you on the phone. Cordero, yes, sir. Brian, what did he tell you? Cordero, that when um, he was crying, telling me it ain't supposed to go down like that and all that, he saw was Wayne falling, just seeing Wayne falling down, and he was crying. Woody, okay. Brian, all right. Woody, you got anything you want to add or take away from the statement, Cordero? Cordero, no, sir. Ryan, everything you said was true. That's the way it happened. Cordero, yes, sir. Ryan, according to you, Cordero, yes, sir. Ryan, okay. Woody, I want to thank you for talking to us, okay? Cordero, yes, sir. Ryan, the time now is 15.02. The date is still May the 16th. 2005, myself, Detective Woody Overton, Cordero Marshall, and we're at the Levinson Parish Prison. I have a couple more, but I'm not going to take the time to read. Uh, I'll just highlight through one. One is Sonia. Sonia uh, was a witness. She's she's the house that Chris Belazar ran into right after he had been shot and right after Sean had been killed. And basically, Brian and I, uh, interviewed her, and I'll just highlight it for you. <clears throat> all right, it says, all right, I'm Detective Brian Smith. I'm here with Miss Sonia Johnson, black female, date of birth. What's your date of birth, Miss Johnson? Sonia, she gives it. Brian, okay, the date is 5-13-05. Uh, the time right now is 5-20, and then we're on a homicide scene on Ed Brown Road, Ms. Johnson is a relative to the victim, both victims, and one of the victims ran into her residence after the shots were fired. Ms. Sonia, tell me exactly what you heard. I mean, can you start off by giving me your address here? Sonia, such and such, Ed Brown Road. My name is Sonia, date of birth, blank. I was asleep. Um, I heard some, some noise. I heard some shots. It was consistent. It's like fireworks going off. So I jumped up. I looked at my sister, and I was like, did you hear that? She was like, no, I didn't hear anything. So by the time we jumped up, we hear the front door just bust open. And like a few seconds later, my niece came out. She was like, Chris done been shot. They had shot. They shot. They shot Sean. And uh, 
by the time we were coming out the room, we were told the kids to stay in rooms and stay in the bed. And uh, we, uh, well, first Chris walked in the room where we were, and he t- turned around, went back in the kitchen, and he was just bleeding everywhere. So by that time, my niece and I both called 911, and he just kept saying, I got shot, I got shot. And that was pretty much it. Brian, where was Chris at, hit at? Sonia. He, to my knowledge, in the upper, the outer right thigh, up outer left thigh, to my knowledge. Brian. Okay, and his name is Christopher Belazar. Sonia, correct. Brian. Okay, and that's your cousin, Sonia. That's my niece's boyfriend. Brian, your niece's boyfriend. Sonia, uh-huh. Brian. Okay, now the victim that's in the yard, Sean Alberts. Sonia. Correct. Brian, do you know him? Sonia. That's my sister's boyfriend. Brian. Okay. Do you know how old he is? Sonia. He's about 21, 22, somewhere in that area. Brian. Okay. Anybody that you he had a dispute with? Anybody lately? Do you know where he was all day yesterday and last night? Sonia. He was at my sister's house, my mom, my mom's house, because my sister lived with my mom. When my sister just had a baby for Sean, so he's been up there. I would say all day up until eleven thirty. Brian, what's your sister's name? Sonia, Justina Square. Brian, and what house does she stay in? Sonia, she lives on Florida Boulevard, the first mobile home by the main highway. Brian. At the corner of Cafe Line and 190 then? Sonia. That's correct. Right. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. 
She was amazed at how much hormone harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Okay, Sonia, right there by the car wash. Brian, how old is Justina? Sonia, she's 19. Brian, okay, and he was there most of the day yesterday and into the, that night tonight. Sonia, uh-huh. Brian, last night? Sonia, uh-huh. Brian, okay. When Christopher ran inside and said he had been shot, did you ask him who'd done it? Sonia, um, he was like, I don't know. I don't know. His exact words was, I don't know. I don't know was that the niggers was. I don't know who the nigger was. I was like, well, Chris, um, if you see his face, that face again, or you see a face again, would you know who it is? He was like, yeah. If I see the face again, I know who it is. And my niece was like, um, well, Sean's been shot too. I was like, Where's, where's Sean? Chris was like, I think he got shot in the head. So we secured the house. And we called 911. We didn't know if the guy was still out there because he said it was more than one guy. So we didn't know if the guys was still out here. So I, I had to close the door and lock the door. I told the kids to stay in the house and stay in the bed, and we'd try to check on Chris while we were on the phone. And Chris said he got shot. He... With the first shot, he fell in the bushes, and the guy was coming up behind him, but the gun jammed up. Something jammed, the gun jammed, or the car door jammed, but I'm thinking he said the gun jammed. So the guy had to be close, a close proximity to Chris when he shot him, and Chris fell, and the guy was coming for him again. Brian, okay, Sonia. So the guy had to be running after Chris or making an attempt to come after Chris in order for Chris to run, Brian. But Chris stated they were on foot, right? Sonia, I don't know. I really don't know. Brian, okay. Sonia, they were on foot. It seemed like Chris said the guys got back in a car. Well, I'm not really for sure with that. But the guys just walked up on them. Brian, all right, did Chris state that him and Sean was outside sitting out here by the tree? 
Sonia. I really don't know. I know Chris said he sold some speakers and he had like $200 in his pocket. He said the first thing the guys, when the guys came out, came towards them. I don't know if he said come walked up on them or stepped out on them or whatever. He said the guys took his $200. Brian, he took 200 from Chris first. Sonia, he took 200 from Chris. Chris had 200 because he sold the speakers out of the little purple Saturn. Brian, okay. Sonia. So it had to be someone who knew he had some money on him in order for them to, you know, what I'm saying, to even make an attempt for a robbery. Brian, Chris told you that they took $200 from him. Sonia, yeah. He's like, it was like they took the money. Brian, and then? Sonia, I heard him say that. Brian, and then they started shooting? Sonia, they took the money, and then I think they started shooting. I'm not for sure exactly how it happened, but when he came in the house, in the house, his pockets were inside out, so they had to try to, you know what I'm saying? Tell him to check his pockets. Brian, okay, have you ever known Chris to carry a weapon? Sonia, like I said, I just moved back down here like two days ago. Brian, okay. Sonia, I was living in Ponchatoula. I don't know about what's been going on. I moved back down here because my niece, Chris's girlfriend, is getting ready to have a baby, and I moved down to help her and stuff. Brian, did Chris state to you if anybody else besides him and Sean was out there? Sonia, no, not, no, I didn't hear him say anything. Brian, so it was just Sonia. He didn't say who all was out there at all. I know he said was they shot Sean. Y'all need to go check on Sean, Brian. Okay, did y'all check on Sean? Or y'all waited for deputies to get here? Sonia, we waited because they told us to stay in the house. Brian, okay, so nobody checked on Sean before the deputies got here. Sonia, right? Brian, okay, so the deputy is the one that found him, actually. Sonia, right. They... They was the first ones in the area. Well, when they came up, I walked over and I checked his pulse. And one of the deputies checked his pulse because I take nursing classes. And I was trying to make sure if he had a pulse or whatever. Brian, yes, ma'am. Sonia. And I checked the pulse, and he didn't have a pulse then. The deputy checked also the pulse. Brian, okay, all right. Your mother is Miss Mary? Sonia, that's correct. Brian, all right, this is her residence you're staying at? Sonia, right? Brian, the one at, uh, what's the address here again? Sonia, blank, at Brown Road. Brian, okay, and she owns this residence at on Florida Boulevard? Sonia, that's correct. Brian, where's your sister Justine Square live? Sonia, where's your sister... Just seeing a square list. Sonia, that's correct. Brian, and that's where Sean was all day yesterday since I think your mother told me from around 12. Sonia, uh-huh. Brian, until late last night. Sonia, right. Brian, early till this morning. Sonia, uh-huh, that's correct. Brian, does Sean have a car that you know of? Sonia, no, he didn't have a car. Brian, so we have it. He would have walked from 
possibly walk from the trailer back this way, Sonia. I'm not really sure how he got back because a lot of times my mom picks him up and bring him back. Sometimes he catches a ride. Or sometimes maybe his brother or somebody could pick him up. Brian, okay, all right. Who was in the residence with you? Who all was in the residence sleeping? Sonia. Um, my niece, Tessa. Brian, how old is she? Sonia. She's about 19. Brian, Tessa who? Sonia. Square. Brian, okay. Sonia. And my niece, Titania Square. Brian, how old is she? Sonia, she's nine. Brian, okay. Sonia, my sister, um, Kimberly Promise, she's about 25. Brian, okay. Sonia, um, Clarence Johnson, that's my son, he's 12. Brian, okay. Sonia, Jeremiah Johnson, that's my mother's other son, he's 11. And myself, Sonia Johnson, I'm 31. Brian, did any of them state they heard anything, or you the only one? Sonia, no, no one heard anything. My niece said she heard something, but she didn't know what it was. But I heard, because I was sleeping. You see that second window, the window by the road? Brian, yes, ma'am. Sonia, on the outer part. I was sleeping in that room right there. Brian, okay, well, how old are you, Sonia? Sonia, huh? Brian, how old are you? Sonia. 31. Brian, okay, Sean, who is Sean's brothers? There was two of them out, out here that said they uh, their brothers did Sonia. I don't know them too well. All I know is uh, I know Walter, and I know his first name's Walter. Brian, Walter Alberts, Sonia, okay, and he has a brother. I don't know his real name. They call him Lil Sean. Maybe you heard that name before. Brian, that's the other one that was out there. Out here, Sonia, yeah, the one with the uh, Brian dreadlocks, Sonia. Dreads going to the back with the black shirt on, Brian. That's his brother also, Sonia. Yeah, that's his brother also, Brian. Okay, Sonia. He has more brothers, but I don't know the rest of them, Brian. Okay, but to the best of your knowledge, Sean didn't get in any trouble, and and. Sonia, no, Sean, he stays himself, and uh, he stays at my mom's house majority of the time. The most he would do is probably ride his bike up and down the street. That's the most he would do. Ryan, what about Chris? Does he get in any trouble? Sonia, now that's a horse of a different color. Chris, Chris, it's a lot of people around here that they have an audible with Chris. I don't know what the problem is. I just hear a lot of hearsay, a lot of air in the wind about Chris. Is uh, I don't know exactly what he does, but a lot of people have a lot of bad vibes when it comes to Chris. Brian, like what you mean? Sonia, um, they say stuff. He's no good, stuff like that. What they mean by it, I don't know exactly, but that what I mostly hear, he's no good. I don't fool Chris. Brian, okay, the people that... Stay in your residence. They stay here all the time. Sonia. Yeah, everybody stay there all the time. But me and my two boys would just move. But the other ones are always there. Ryan. Okay, all right. So if I needed to get in contact with them, they would be there. 
Sonia, yeah, they'd be there. Brian, what's your phone number? And Sonia gives it. Brian, okay, all right, Sonia, I appreciate you talking to me. Sonia, you're welcome. Brian, anything you hear, whatever, I'm going to give you a card and my cell phone number that you can get and give me a call. Sonia, all right, Brian, but um, is there anything that you want to add to take away from the statement? Sonia, everything is true. Brian, okay, all right then. Time now is 0532. The date is still 51305. Again, Detective Brian Smith was interviewing with Sonia Johnson. And we're sitting outside of her residence in my vehicle at the crime scene. Okay, y'all, if y'all remember, I told you Brian had interviewed Sonia when I was still en route to the crime scene from Watson. And uh, I hadn't even made it there yet. So that that's what that was. But so in building the case, We've done everything that we can do at this point. The We locked Jarrell Marshall into his lies and then disproved them by God and everybody. You heard all the statements. Uh, um, the Absolutely, he was there. At, at, I mean, his homeboys that he thought were, he was so tight with that wasn't going to tell on him, uh, even his own brother, it, you know, it, that he made the statements uh about Mo shooting Sean and all that, and he didn't have to shoot him. It was just a robbery and all this. But, I mean, Jarrell just tells us, nope, I don't know who Mo is. I wasn't nowhere around there, blah, 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 blah. You heard it, right? So, again, uh, um, we've got – this is way beyond a reasonable doubt. That, I mean, this is good to go to trial right now, but it just gets stupider and it gets better, and I'm going to probably conclude it uh, on next week's episode – and remember, you can't mow Major Tiffany. He's back in your arms. He's back on the streets, his home turf. But you can't outrun that warrant. All right? One day that warrant's going to catch up with you. And that's exactly what happened. So tune in next week, and I'll tell you all about it. And I'm going to conclude today's episode. Again, I want to thank the Patreon of convicts um, and all lifers. Uh, Thank you for liking this and sharing and subscribing and follow me on Instagram at real life, real crime or at Overton Woody. We have the real life, real crime community app, which is free to download in the app store. Go check it out. It's all things real life, real crime uncensored. It's so much more than, than what we have on the crew page y'all. And I think the crew page is close to like 38 or 39,000 members. So Take a moment, go check out the app. I think you're going to like it. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. And I post in there first every day before I go anywhere else. And if you need to contact me, try to contact me through the app. And that's it. We'll continue Mo next week. And LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, if you, you don't have to be from Louisiana to sign up, take a minute, be a hero. If you're a lifer from Cordoba, Argentina, the land where the doves fly, right? Most dove population in the world. If you're from there, you want to become an organ donor, go to lopa.org. Take two minutes, fill out the paperwork, send it in. You don't have to be from Louisiana. If you're from Louisiana, it's self-explanatory, right? Y'all, people are waiting on organs. And if they believe me, if they're going to harvest your organs, you're already done for. You're going to the grave. There's no bringing you back. It's not like you're going to miss anything. Uh, um, be a hero. 
give the gift of sight and life and all the great stuff those people do. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. Real Life, Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by your host, Woody Overton, executive producer, Jim Chapman with Envision Podcast Studios. Your music is provided by Chase Tyler and the Chase Tyler Band. Follow me on Instagram at Real Life Real Crime or at Overton Woody. Check out our numerous social media pages. Also, go to the App Store and download our free Real Life Real Crime community app, which contains all things Real Life Real Crime and True Crime and uncensored and run by me. Wherever you listen to a podcast, go like, subscribe, and review to Real Life Real Crime or my other podcast, Scorch Justice. Thank you. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.